0: Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Convos with myself, T. Drake, the podcasting godmother of connection and the awesome, amazing Pastor Jay. You guys are in for another amazing Good morning. Treat. Don't forget, every Monday you can catch us at 4 a.m. PST, 6 a.m. CST, and 7 a.m. EST. And today's sponsor is is walk the truth christian fellowship church which of course pastor Jay is the pastor of and this is his lovely cup which i will be sipping some tea from and please do not forget the podcast His podcast is walk the truth radio network please catch him all the time on any podcast platform that you like and also mine is called god's gift through his word same thing please catch it on any podcast platform that you desire so we're going to go into prayer and then we'll get right into this message let's pray gracious heavenly father thank you for this day thank you for this time again lord to sit back and bask in your word to learn and to glean lord god i just pray that something would be shared something would be mentioned something would do something to somebody's heart to let them know lord god that you care for them and that they might ask what must i do to be saved in the name of your son jesus i pray and i count these things done amen
1: Amen. Praise God. Hey, it's good to see everybody or hear everybody. And thank you for coming into our show. Uh, T, thank you for uh, endorsing the church and being a a supporter of the church like you are. I'm not drinking out of my coffee cup. I'm drinking out of somebody else's coffee cup, but that's okay. (laughs) But uh, but all this month, we're going to be talking about uh, prospering in adversity or prospering in times of adversity and how we get from one point of adversity to prospering. We're using some of the narratives of the Bible. Today, I mean, I could exhaust Joseph, but today we're going to go ahead and move forward, and we're going to be in Judges. So if you want to get your Bible, any version will do. I'm more flexible. I don't need a King James only. You know, that's a whole nother subject. But uh, we're going to talk about Gideon. And a lot of you are very familiar with the story of Gideon, so I'm gonna have Sister Drake read the first 15 verses of Gideon, and 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 what I want you to understand is, right off the top, always put this back in your mind: God orders your adversities, even though some of your adversities come from your own sin. Okay, so God God sovereignly, mercifully allows you to make decisions because you're a free willed individual that may go against what he wants, a person, a village, and a nation ultimately to use that to glorify himself. Just remember that. Okay. So adversity is ordered by God and so is his providential uh, way of bringing you out and getting the glory that you will benefit from. All right, so to Drake, Gideon chapter 6, I mean Gideon, I mean Gideon, Judges chapter 6, 1 through 15. Okay,
0: <clears throat> then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Mennonites would come up also. Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance for Israel, Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, but they and their camels were excuse me, were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Mennonites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Mennonites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I bought you. I brought you from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth Terebineth tree, which was an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizzarite, while his son Gideon threshed uh, wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Mennonites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Mennonites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I have... How can I save Israel? Indeed, my plan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house.
1: Amen. So, the stage. Why did they get? Why? Why are they about to go in adversity? It starts in the first couple of verses. Judges, the book of Judges, says this thing over and over again. They did what was right in their own eyes. Judges happened after Joshua. Okay. So anytime that you do what's right in your own eyes and not consult the Lord, especially with the Lord's people, then they would fall into sin. They would go from prosperity and the generation of prosperity will forget about the Lord and what he had done. And then they would fall into sin and God would send a punisher, which were, in this case, the Midianites and the Amalekites would come and raid them every harvest season. So they had built dens in the caves. So in other words, they would abandon their fields, move to the caves. So the Midianites and the Amalekites, they could have the crop that they needed so bad, but they, then they were worried about being taken off into slavery. So they would hide. So they didn't fight for themselves. Now remember, do you remember what, what, what was Manasseh's, uh, name meant Manasseh meant that uh, when Joseph named his son Manasseh, he said that he had made him forget all the trouble that he had been through, all the adversity that he had been through, and that Ephraim was about being fruitful, that he was able to forget. Well, is a half-tribe, and it's a weaker tribe, as Gideon said. But check Gideon out. He's got something to work with and he's hiding because he's scared. But God is still allowing the adversity to happen. But Gideon is scared because this is a true thing. God has ordered this because they were disobedient. Okay. A lot of times our adversity comes from the fact that we're disobedient. Now it doesn't mean that adversity is not going to come because we're obedient, but a lot, but in the in the in the mind of God, obedience brings about the adversity. Or we could just say the natural consequences of our actions. Okay? They are still ordered providentially by God for a purpose. So, again, we don't need to uh, continue in sin that grace of God should be abound. God forbid. What we should do is understand, one, why we're there. And two, seek God in it, through it, and help us get out. Because we want to move remove the leaven from our mind. Okay? So, if you got in through disobedience... Only thing that's going to get you out is obedience. So the nation as a whole was being punished, but now God has focused the deliverance on Gideon. But who did he pick? He picked a coward. And Gideon knew he was a coward. Okay, Gideon understood that. And then you had the angel Lord come. And the pronouncement of the angel Lord was, and I'm just going to use uh, vernacular, you're the man. Get up and go in valor. Now, that's an example of God calling things into existence before they are. So God is calling Gideon something that he's not yet displayed, manifested. Gideon has actually shown the opposite. God chooses the foolish things. And Gideon would not be my choice because Gideon has shown himself to be a coward. But God sees something in you or puts something in you that you may remove the leaven. His leaven is being a coward that he may go forth. This is definitely a providential God thing. Gideon didn't deserve, by his own words, to be the leader that would lead out the nation of Israel during their time of oppression. But for God to get the glory, he picks the weakest. He picks the one who's not many, not many noble, not many wise. But in, But as the angel of the Lord said, you are the man of valor. Gideon began to to question why would he be picked because of his natural stature and status. We are the weakest tribe. Not only are we the weakest tribe, but we're from the weakest clan of the weakest tribe. Why would you pick me? Gideon is basically saying, I wouldn't pick me. There has to be somebody else that's willing to take on this task. And that's what we want to focus on today. In order to get out of your situation, That is adversity. You must be willing to take on a task that's going to test your obedience and your faithfulness. You must be willing to to decide that you're going to trust in what the Lord has said or what you understand the Bible has said about you to move forward. Now, I don't want you to think that everybody's a Gideon and everybody's a David, but just in your life, in your sphere of influence, you are supposed to, as a child of God, see the times of adversity as an opportunity to do what? What did he tell Gideon to do? Go in what? Might, boldness. Go forth. Okay, go forth. And then Gideon came up with another reason. He said, "If if if you're the God of Moses, and our fathers told us of all these miracles you've done." why haven't you been here? Now, watch this. Why would Gideon say that based upon what we learned in the first couple of verses? Well, they didn't believe they were doing anything wrong against God. A lot of times, we do what is right in our own eyes to the point that we don't believe that we're doing anything against the word of God or God himself. We're just living out our lives, doing what we want to do, living out the natural consequences of our decisions, and don't believe Just because we're the children of God, just because we pray, just because we go to church, we still do what we want to do in our own eyes. And everybody does that. Now, I don't want you to think that you don't. You do. But there's consequences to all our decisions, and consequences are neutral. Okay? They're either good or bad, depending on who you're talking to. Ask Joseph. Joseph said, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. What was the natural consequences? You see what I'm saying? So you have to think about that. But you're going through, so you're not even thinking about that. You're you're like Gideon. You're like, look, you did all these miracles. You haven't been here for a while. Now this is Judges chapter six, so they he hasn't seen. He doesn't even know who Joshua is. I mean, he knows him from story, but you know this is generations down the line. Okay, so what's going on, God? Where are you at? And a lot of times when you're in adversity, that's what you're asking: where God is, and He's right there with you because He said, "What He never leave you nor forsake you." But now comes the test. You have to go in faith, in might, and move forward. Well, the first thing Gideon got to do is get out of that hole in from where he's hiding. But as the story goes on, Gideon still questions whether he's the one. So, having doubt during your time of adversity on how you're going to get out, where you're going to get out, when you're going to get out is natural even to the point that you you might beat yourself up to the point where you might believe that you're never going to get out. Because you're so deep in adversity, you're like, this is my punishment. The Bible tells us that God chastises those he loves. And that word chastisement is not the whooping of corporal punishment. It's more like a disciplining, like a father and a good coach. My goal is not to break you. My goal is to humble you and show you a better way. So I discipline you into trusting the process. But Gideon wanted a performance of God. And a lot of times when we get in adversity. We're looking for these miracles to start believing who God is. And did God say. Now, we have moved away from that because we have Jesus. You don't need a leaf falling from the tree a bird flying by your head to know that there's God. God said you would know that him in Romans because of the creation in itself. But don't get your cues from nature because they're created things too. And see, that's not the spirit of God, okay? But in this time, we don't, we don't have a savior yet. Gideon's gonna be the savior. So he's conditioning him to do a task. But first we have to get past his doubt. And how many times is God conditioning you to do a task or to come out of a situation? But he has to condition you to come out. So he has to prepare Gideon's character to carry the gift, the responsibility of being the leader. There's that learning curve. There's that character building curve. And then that is the doubt, the training, uh, the conversations with God, the, the back and forth before God can be his Jehovah Nisi, which is his banner, he has to get him to that point where he trusts God. Because right now he doesn't trust God based upon God hadn't hadn't shown himself to them in a long time with the great miracles. But see, this is our issue. This is is one of the problems we have as saints of God on this side of Calvary. You still looking for Gideon type miracles when you're the miracle in yourself. You were dead, and now you're alive. You're supposed to be dead to the world, as Paul said, and the world is dead to me. Meaning that culture, ethnicity, economic status, none of those things play into your thinking as much as understanding who you are in God. Yes, you have to work amongst these people, but the world should not be controlling you, and neither should you look for acceptance from the world. Now, you're not trying to be a weirdo, okay? You're not trying to be so aloof that you become come one who is hiding away. You have to participate, okay? Gideon is getting ready to, to become the leader that God has called him to. But first he has to ask God some questions, and God proves himself. And Gideon still is wondering, am I, God has proved himself as the story goes on. And Gideon still is wondering, how am I going to be able to conquer such a, a large army, the Midianites and Amalekites, when I don't have an army? Well, then God does a test and and Gideon starts with the natural mind of, I need 30,000 men. And we know that God willed it down to 300. And the reason why God said was, some are coward, some just don't fit what I need to do. And that goes back to the TSA moment. You can't take everybody with you into the destiny God has for you. You've reached their TSA point. They can't go forward. You have to leave them behind. Okay? Because they don't fit in God's plan. It's not that you're not friends with them. Gideon didn't fall out with these guys. Gideon just said, by God's understanding, send them home because they're not ready to fight. Don't don't ever go into a fight with somebody who's not ready, then you'll find yourself by yourself. But God is, is, is ordering the circumstance, ordering the people, putting things in place for Gideon's success. All Gideon has to do is what? Trust the process. He don't really understand the process the thing of bowing down and drinking water and all of that and many preachers have have philosophized on not and try to figure what well, what out but the the, the 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 key to that story is god chooses who he chooses and he uses the tests he wants to use to choose who he uses you don't have to figure that out you just trust the process now i don't want you going out here thinking that everybody see the, the problem with the saints is everybody thinks they're a Gideon, and really not one of the soldiers. There was one Gideon, and the other soldiers were, were men of valor, and they fought and followed the leader. We have too many chiefs now, and not enough Indians, or not enough chiefs that have been Indians. Okay, so God is moving. God is, is orchestrating the steps. God is about to show him how to prosper during the time of adversity. So the adversity is, I'm a coward, I'm scared. Okay, that's normal. The adversity is, I'm wondering where God is because he hasn't shown himself a while while to my satisfaction. See, this is the issue too. You want God to show up based upon what you think, not what God is about to do. See, God shows up in our lives a lot of times without the fireworks. It's in the little day-to-day things. And that's what I'm talking about. We're using a large story to think about, can we see God in the middle of our adversity and God wants us to go forward? Because he said, do all you can do, then stand some more. It doesn't mean be still. What it means is trust the process and stand in the process and keep moving. And if you need to stop, I'll tell you to stop. But do all movement in faith. Gideon wanted proof. Gideon wasn't ready to move in faith. So God had to help him along to strengthen his faith to the point that he would move in faith. And God instructed him, corrected him, strengthened him. And in a short period of time, to which God held or ordained, Gideon was ready to fight the battle. Now, God has prepared him, and now you have to be willing to understand When you fight a battle, there's going to be casualties. But if God said that you're going to win, you're going to win. But you got to trust the process, you got to do your part. In the sanctification process, God is is, is bringing adversity into our lives so, so that we may be conformed to his image. Paul talked about he wore the stripes of the gospel. What he was doing was looking at what his Lord went through and the Lord told him how much he would have to suffer for his sake. Leadership is about suffering. And it has little to do with prosperity because the suffering is brought on by God to be example to the people that they may prosper. So whatever gift God has you, whatever he's preparing you for, whatever adversity that is brought about by your sin, that it's preparing you for something else It's actually to teach you the gift and build the character to carry the gift. And then once you get to the point where you can carry the gift, just like Joseph, it's really to benefit somebody else. And you realize that even though you have, have benefited in it, in a mighty way, the bigger way, the bigger point for your gift is the need of the people. That you're around that you have influence over it may be a nation it may be a state it may be a city it can even be your own family and influence of friends but we have to think about ourselves as being like gideon we're not worthy we're weak but god has chosen you so the leaven that we're removing is the fear The leaven that we're removing is the doubt. The leaven that we're removing is requiring God to perform in order for us to move. That's sure how merciful God was with Gideon because once the angel of God told him to go and Gideon was reluctant, he could have killed Gideon. Gideon deserved to die. But God has chosen him to have this story to illustrate to us that he chooses whom he chooses. Whether you're a weak or strong individual, smart, educated, economically well, poor, God chooses. But you don't get the big head from choosing. What you do is become humble. And humble, humble and fear are not the same thing. He was fearful, but he wasn't humble. Because obviously he was bold enough to tell God, look, I need you to do some miracles before I trust you. But humility puts you in a position... To where you can see panoramically where God wants you to be. And understand that you have to trust God in the process as you move forward. Not looking for the splash in the pan, the sky to fall, and all this stuff that borderlines witchcraft. But you trust God. You praise God. You pray to God. And you walk this thing out in faith. That's how you do this. You know. You got to Knock. You you have to do something. Abraham had to go. Joshua had to go. Moses had to go. And now Gideon has to go. That's one of God's favorite words, go. Just Gio, go. Well, how am I going to go? How am I going to go? I don't have all the stuff. He didn't ask you that. Y'all always talk about Jehovah Jireh. If he's your provider, if he says go... He, If he's ordered the ordered the destination, he's ordered the steps, the lamp unto your feet, the light to your path. Don't you think he's ordered the provision? Don't you think that, T, you know what I'm saying? Don't you think that, you know, you, you'll get to a point where you doubt God when it comes to provision side of the journey? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a situation like that?
0: Multiple times. And, you know, when when I'm listening to you, because I'm taking copious notes but we you talk about the word go the how is none of our business that's we, we don't need to focus on that and and norm and for us normally for humanity's sake we are always trying to figure out what's the next step what's god gonna do next where is it gonna lead me next we don't get to know that until we do that word go you just have to walk it out and just keep on walking one step at a time and god will reveal as you go about your business doing the business that God has
1: called you to do. And think about it. when you're when you're when you're assigned to go, a lot of times you're going from wherever you at, condition you are, and you're about to step into a storm, a fire, a whirlwind because again, it's through the it's through the iron sharpening iron, the friction that he builds your character for the gift. Think about it. Joseph had to go from his brothers hating him. To the pit, to prison, to get to the palace to save them. Okay? So when you when you're assigned to go, this is your mindset. I already know that there's giants over there. <laughs> mm, I already know there's Goliath over there. And I am scared. Okay? I do have fear. Don't lie. God knows who you are. God knows when, you, when you're when you trying to use his word to psych yourself up. It'd be better for you to tell God the truth. He said, worship him in spirit and in truth. And at the time of your fear of the goal, you say, oh, God, I got fear. And God's grace, that superpower, will empower you to go forward. It may take you a couple of days to go forward. See, this is what I'm saying. Make it real. You, the first goal is not necessarily your movement's point. It may take a couple of times. What about Samuel? You know, everybody didn't move at the first time around. Everybody didn't move the first time around. It may be take a couple of times where God is so patient with you. So be patient with yourself in your journey. Just keep moving in faith that what God promised, he's going to also have a provision for what God has a provision for, He's also going to create the challenge for. And if the challenge is great, the reward is greater. Because you look back at the journey, can you imagine Joseph looking back at the journey and saying, "I didn't know I was." Joseph didn't know that he was going to become the second in charge of the known world at the time. All Joseph had was a dream, dream about some sheaves falling. That could have happened. Back where they were, but it did not. And when he said the sun, the, sun, the stars, and the moon were going to fall, went bow down to him, he was talking about Pharaoh. But he couldn't see that. But he got put in the process, and it was a real life process. And and again, those who were on the outside saw the favor on him, but he still went into the pit. He still went into the prison. He still it took him time to get to the palace. The one who he saved from the palace, forgot about him. So you're going to be abandoned. You see, see, God knows you and what to challenge you with so that you can pass the test. Everybody's challenges are going to be different based upon who they are. You know, yours might be abandonment. Mine might be economic distress. I have to trust the process. And again, I don't want anybody out here to think everybody's getting ready to lead nations of people. It could be your small corner of the world of influence that God wants you to go out and and, and lead and be the example, okay? You have to read your word. You have to get in tune with your word and understand that he does have providential control over your life. He's never out of control and you can't base your relationship with God on your experience at any given time. Because what ends up happening when you do, God is good when you're happy, and when you're not happy, God's not so good. And that's what Joseph, was, that's what, you can think about, that's what Gideon was saying. We heard about you being good, where's your goodness? We heard about your success, where's your goodness? We haven't seen it, we're crying out to you. And where have you been? But God is not slow. Romans 2 and 4 is this example. God is not slow. He hasn't forgotten. But don't you know that understanding his goodness of the past should have led the nation of Israel to repentance? A changed mind? An obedient mind? A mind that trusted God? But since that didn't lead them to repentance, God had to bring adversity. And that's one of the beautiful tools that God uses. No, we don't want to go into trouble. But trouble hones us and and makes us strong. Whether it's through a disobedience or through God wanting to test our faith. And test our obedience. And test our character as he moves us toward the goal. Your faith has to be tested. Your obedience has to be tested. All those, those proclamations and affirmations out your mouth... Have to be tested with character tests. Now, will you be perfect? No, God's not requiring perfection, but what God is requiring is humility. You let me let me put it this way: you will pass more tests with God by failing the test and humbling yourself before Him. So, because then God say. You're gonna make some decisions, and there're gonna be some consequences. But if you humble yourself and recognize that, the faster you recognize you needed to humble yourself, you pass the test. Humble yourself and trust me. Humble yourself and believe in me. Quit, quit going out here decreeing and declaring. And trust me. Nowhere in the Bible tells you to do that. You take narratives and don't pick out, you pick out the stuff that's physical. Instead of putting words into the atmosphere, where's your mindset? The Bible talks about your mouth can say anything. He said, your mouth can say anything, but your heart is far from me. So you could be silent like, uh, um, what was her name? Samuel's mother praying, Hannah. Hannah wasn't uttering a word, was she? But her heart was with God. And that's why God blessed her. So once she got the words out, God had already understood her heart. We talk too much and we don't think about what we, we what we do is talk ourselves into believing that we're something that we're not instead of humbling ourselves before God. You think you can affirm your words into a, a, a stony heart? No, you need to get, you need to, you need to become a new creature. You need to become a new creation. You need to get saved. Knowing the Bible in itself does not save you. Knowing the Lord Jesus and what he did redemptively on the cross saves us. So our journey as followers of Jesus, looking at this story, he's all that we need to go. That's why you should have no fear of no man. That's why you should walk this thing out in faith. Why are you afraid when your whole basis of life is based upon having faith, knowing that it's impossible to please God without it? See, we don't, we have more revelation than they did. We know that it's impossible to please God without faith. God had to build their faith. We have the accounts of lack of faith, small faith. Then he tells us all you need to get started is the faith of a mustard seed and you're ready to go. So the question is, how much faith do you have? How much faith do you trust in that you may go forward and do what God has called you to do? And yes, you're gonna slip, you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna do things wrong, you're gonna, you're gonna sin. Uh, you're not sinless perfection. This flesh will not let you be sinless perfection. But you still can trust God. That's That's the part, you still need grace. The day you become sinless perfection, you won't need grace anymore. And you won't need mercy anymore. Think about it. Why do I need mercy and grace if I'm perfect? Right. Jesus didn't need mercy and grace. He was mercy and grace. That's how he was able to fulfill the law. Because his love afforded us the grace and the mercy because of what he did on the cross for us. So what do you think, T? I think all
0: that, that has been shared, it just had me thinking about some new episodes I want to do, but I wanted to just share because I was listening to what you were saying, and it just took me back to a, a couple of scriptures, uh, 1 Peter 5, 6, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We don't have a time frame for when the Lord is going to exalt us, whenever that is. We, we don't know. It could be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. But the how is none of our business, and when the Lord wants to exalt us, it's none of our business either. We just, like the word is saying, you just have to go in faith and be humble and walk in humility and just keep on going, keep on pressing forward, regardless of the obstacles, the challenges. You know that God is there with you, and he's going before you, before you even get to that
1: next level. He's already there. He already had it. He does it for you where you're supposed to go. Right, right. And think about this. To so the straight line of the path of the promise of God is a life of many zigzags. It's a life of many zigzags. You could look down and see the straightness of what he said, the purity of what he said, the honor of what he said and what he promised you. But to get there, you got to zigzag on the line, off the line. And as you get closer to the promise, your zigging and zagging becomes, if you draw a straight line to the, to the promise, When you start, you're going to zag to the left, far, and come back to the middle. That's the line. You're going to zag to the right, come back to the middle. But as you go up towards the prize or up towards the promise, your zigging and zagging should become so small that you're not going off the line as you get closer. You're not going off that center line as you get closer. Whereas when you look back, you started, it was like all the way to the right. Then all the way to the left. But now it, it is so minute. But even in the minuteness of your zigging and zagging as you get to the top, you're never perfect. And even in that little bit of space, the airspace to where you're not perfect and on the line, you need grace. That's the equalizer in all the saints life. Where what covers you when you're short is mercy and grace and is goodness. It shall follow you all the days of your life. I forget what Psalm says. It says, my times are in your hands. And like you said, in due time, that's his time. It's not our time. Think about this. God has promised you something great. Let's say like Gideon. Gideon does what God says. He delivers the people. And the day he delivers the people, the day after he dies, you would probably say in your flesh, that's not fair. But God didn't promise Gideon anything after the fact of delivering the Israelites. His job is complete. And he has the right to end your life right then and there to show the people that he doesn't owe you anything, but he'll do what he promised. And that's not to scare you, that's just to show you the reality of God. God has his purpose to bring about his glory. And it doesn't mean that you're going to live one day past him getting his glory. Because sometimes you still got the same you in you. And you are falling for the hype of the people hyping you versus God. So God said he will share his glory with no man. So guess what? Guess who got to go? God's not going anywhere. God's not going anywhere. You got to go. And you don't have to be put to death. You can be just set aside. Because eventually Gideon was set aside. All the leaders of the Old Testament, they eventually have their moment to where they are going off the scene and somebody else is coming on the scene. As Saul, from the time David was anointed to the time he got king was a long time, but he had to trust what God said, you know, and even though there was witnesses, the witnesses may lose faith, but if you are the focus of God's attention, don't you lose faith no matter what it looked like, okay? Just remember this, be careful what you pray for because you pray amiss according to your flesh. See, this is not a get rich prosperity. This is not prosperity of job, money, things, blings and control over people. This is prosperity in God's purpose through adversity, okay? So I want to get that straight. So I'm not sitting here telling you that you're going to have a whole bunch of money and look real good. And no, I'm not telling you that. And I'm not telling you're not going to have that. That's not my concern. My concern is you see the providence of God in your adversity to get to prosperity. That you remove the leaven of your thought processes that cause you to blow yourself up. Either one way or the other to flatten you out so you can see what God is really doing. Because a lot of times during this time, we begin to think more of ourselves than we should. And we seek self aggrandizement, meaning, you know, we want to pump ourselves up. We're so great. We're so good. And for those of us who are called to the ministry, that's one of the pitfalls that you could fall in because people begin to follow you and not the message. Whole ministries are built upon cult of personalities and not the message. And it's hard because the people are looking for a king other than Jesus, (laughs) a representative on earth which you, you kind of are, but but they're representatives too. And the goal is you're a body and you all function together with him being the head. Not that you're a mini head. You're a guide, but not God. The One of the strongest gifts you can have is leave people be and just pray for them. Yep, that's it. So what you think, T? You got any more questions? Well, I, don't,
0: I don't have any questions. I'll be asking you later when I start to think about but I don't have any questions. It's just everything that you, you've you been sharing today has just been just showing me a, a lot of different things. And for me, remembering that I am a tool to be utilized by God, his, his vessel for whatever he needs to do, and I don't have to be okay with it. He doesn't need to ask me, oh, are you okay with it? He's not asking me if I'm okay with it. I just need to go and trust and walk in faith and just go and stop asking him.
1: Just go. Yeah. And if you do, if you don't feel like a tell God, you don't feel like it. Don't lie. He already knows. It, uh, it's kind of funny when you said that. That made me think of something I always tell the congregations. Like when you go to you know you go to the nicest restaurant you can think of, whatever your food you like, you sit down, you eat your food. Do you look down at the forks and say, you know what, you was a really good fork today. Thank you. Thank you for it. Thank you, Spoon. Hey, Knife, you did a good job today. No, you give the compliments to the chef who utilized the pots, the pans, the tools to get you the food. You don't never compliment the tool. You don't never go to a kitchen like, man, thank you, Blender. You've been awesome. You know, thank you, coffee maker. No, because those are things that are made. Those are things that God has made. So you thank the God who made them, not the tool. Yes, give honor to where honor is due and respect us as human beings because so we're not forks. But be careful of trying to receive this honor from God. Where you this, you the person that can get through. You the person, I hear this all the time from some people that I know. Where people boost them up. But God boost, but God allows them to get boosted up to eventually be torn down because they're miserable half the time. And the people are laughing behind their back and they really think they're that they're that important and they're not i'm not saying they're not important to god i'm just saying don't think more of yourself than you should because you're not that important because because god even said when you don't use what he gives you think about the talents he'll take what he what you're supposed to use and he'll give it to somebody else you're not gonna stop god's mission Because you want to puff yourself up and be disobedient. So the goal of today is realizing God ordains these things. And that's the whole lesson for the rest of the month. The prosper in adversity starts with the mindset of understanding the point of adversity. Even if you figure out how you got there through sin or through the challenge of caring of the gift, realize God's purpose is to receive the glory from you. Conquering that and moving forward and recognizing Him and becoming Jehovah Nisi to Him, being able to say that with 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 understanding and honor. That's what you're supposed to do. All right, T. I'm I, I'm done. If if all if everybody's hearts and minds are good and clear and understand, I am ready to call it a day.
0: so thank you
1: for watching Oh, Ziva, Ziva's one of my home girls hey what's up you okay. what's up you city <laughs> class 82
0: <laughs> so anybody else who wanted to say comment I'm starting to do this now when I see comments I'll write them down and I'll just tell you afterwards but uh, yeah you got a comment today so thank you all for tuning in today and, and enjoying with me and what Pastor Jay and I do I hope you guys come back next Monday with us and I'm going to get out of
1: here. But Pastor Jay, you want to share your life? Yeah. Uh, check us. Check out Walk of Truth Radio Network, YouTube, Facebook. We can be found anywhere. If you have Alexa, just ask Alexa. I want to listen to Walk of Truth Radio Network. Um, I always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. Always remembering to walk in truth. And remember this. God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Only if you get up and go.
0: I don't like that. I'll put some razzle dazzling on that today. So uh, you guys know who I am, T-Drake, but I just want to let you guys know to be blessed, motivated, and always inspired to do what God has laid on your heart. And I want you to remember as well that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are of a royal priesthood. So don't let anybody try to steal your shine. Keep on going, keep on pressing, moving forward, what God has called you to do in this time.
1: So you guys have a blessed day, and we will see you next time around. Hey, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on both our platforms.
0: That's right. Subscribe, share, and let somebody know.
1: Like, yeah. Please let somebody there. know. Bye. All right. All right, T. All T. right see you. Talk bye to bye. you in a minute.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.